Welcome to TrekCast, the official podcast of the Real Estate Council, coming at you from deep in the heart of Dallas, Texas. I'm Bill San Antonio. Thanks so much for tuning in as we present a replay of our first Bank of Texas Speaker Series event of 2020 on all the new and exciting developments coming to the 380 corridor, including the new headquarters of the PGA of America. The panel was moderated by Ray Washburn of Charter Holdings and featured Daryl Crawl from the PGA, Sean Fulham of Lincoln Property Company, Femi Carahan of the Carahan Companies, and Clay Roby of Stillwater Capital. We'd like to thank our panelists for their participation, as well as sponsors Bank of Texas, Stuart Title, Davidson Bogle, the City of Frisco, and the Dallas Morning News for their support of Speaker Series. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to TrekCast wherever you get your podcasts and follow the Real Estate Council on social media. If you've got an idea for a future episode, please email me at bsanantonio at recouncil.com. We'll put that email in the show notes and on the TrekWire blog over at recouncil.com. And with that, here's a replay of our February 26th Bank of Texas speaker series on the future of the 380 corridor right here on TrekCast. Good afternoon. For those of y'all who were um, expecting our illustrious chairman, Bill Cauley, I am not Bill Cauley, I'm his huckleberry. Um, my name's Mike Ablon, I'm the vice chair of the Real Estate Council this year and founding partner of Pegasus Ablon. So welcome to today's lunch um, with the Real Estate Council. Um, I'd like to welcome you to the Bank of Texas Speaker Series. Today we're going to focus on the 380 corridor. Everybody knows this is the path of progress. It ought to be a fascinating panel. Um, first of all, as always, I want to thank our sponsors because it wouldn't be possible without them. Bank of Texas, Stuart Title, the Dallas Morning News, Davidson Bogle Real Estate, and the Fort Worth, Fort Worth, the Frisco. EDC, that's the joke for the day, right? Um, so join me in thanking them, please. Uh, we also have the mayor of Frisco, not Fort Worth, Mayor Frisco, Jeff Cheney here. Do we have any other public officials here? Uh, well, thank you to Jeff for his service and thank you to the rest of them for their public service. Unbelievably, this marks the 30th anniversary this year of the Real Estate Council. It is the largest and most influential organization of its kind in Texas. Trek represents more than 2,200 individuals, 625 companies, and they represent 95% of the commercial real estate market in North Texas. That is unbelievable. In celebration of this milestone anniversary, I'd like to take a moment to thank each of you, the Trek membership. It doesn't have it on my script, but we also, join me in thanking the Trek staff. They're unbelievable. <laughs> Collectively, we've built a wonderful organization to build the city that you've imagined. Trek's belief is that the relationships are the lifeblood of career success, of civic responsibility, and community investment. I hope each of you take advantage of today and all the other events in the coming year that this organization engages in to enjoy the relationships, the information, the knowledge, and the leadership training that comes out of Trek. There's great opportunities to connect with each other, and please feel free to stay afterwards and do that. There's a couple upcoming events I want to just highlight for a second. First one is Young Guns, the Casino Night. It'll be held March the 5th, that's coming up at the Luminary. This annual fundraiser for Young Guns includes a casino-style gambling and gaming, music, raffle prizes, cocktails, benefiting the 2020 Young Guns Foundation project. It's an unbelievable project at St. Phillips, the We Creation Center. So let me put that in my vocabulary. Take Uber, go to the bar, spend all your money because it's for the community. So have fun at that one. Um, secondly, we have Fight Night coming up. This year's uh, Fight Night theme is Next Generation. It'll be held at the Hilton Hotel on April 23rd. I'm going to repeat that. Pull out your phones, write that down, please. April 23rd, the Hilton Hotel. Since 1989, this event's been held 
and has raised more than $26 million to support the Real Estate Council Foundation endeavors. This year is chaired by the Holt Lunsford family, and this year the event will be celebrating the next generation of our industry. We'll be back in the Chantilly Ballroom again this year, anticipated to be completely sold out, so be sure to secure your tickets. Again, that's April 23rd. Um, for those of you who aren't as active on the day day, the whole Lunsford family has done a magnificent job raising money. Um, please in, join me in thanking them again. For those who have chaired those type of events or worked on them, they're a big effort. So there's a huge effort coming from Holt's family and we really appreciate it. And please buy raffle tickets. They have a big goal this year of beating last year's numbers. So if you haven't been hit up, um, expect to be hit up and please, uh, please dial in on that one. And the last event I want to highlight is the bus tour coming up. It's just a reminder, the bus tour is tomorrow. There's two tours at 11 and 4 o'clock. It's to highlight the Catalyst Project. If you're interested, please get on the Trek website or uh, Kennedy will be at the desk in the way out, Kennedy Bauer. Um, that tour is unbelievable. The work down there is fantastic, so please take a look. And now to the program. Uh, I now have the privilege of introducing today's moderator, uh, Ray Washburn. And so for those of you who know Ray, you'll know that I have a moral dilemma. I can either follow the script or I can call an audible and I can just tell Ray stories. Um, probably better to talk about 380 than to tell Ray stories, so we'll stay on script. Uh, Ray is the president and CEO of Charter Holdings. It's a Dallas-based investment company involved in real estate. He has a lot of restaurants. I'm sure some of y'all have joined me in eating there and diversified financial investments. Ray currently serves in the United States President's Intelligence Advisory Board, member of the American Enterprise Institute, Council of Foreign Affairs, and the Advisory Board for the United States Southern Command. That's a heck of a lot of service to our community and to our country. So please join me in welcoming Ray and the other panelists up here so we can have a great program about 380 quarter. Thank you. Thank you, Mike, and thanks everyone for coming today to learn about the 380 Corridor. I'd like to introduce our panel first. First to my left is Femi Carahan. Femi and I have been friends, I think, since you started in the business in 1981. He's most well known among many things he's done in Dallas as the original developer of the Legacy Town Center, where Mi Casino is one of your original tenants. And then most recently, the Legacy West Project, which is, as you know, is about a $3 billion project across the street. Currently, he is developing with Hunt Realty the old Burt Field property, the 2,500 acres that we're going to wait to hear about that. Femi is a native, native of Turkey, went to University of Istanbul. He's a great success story for someone who moved to Dallas, got his MBA from UNT, really bootstrapped his way up here, and he's most interestingly about him. He speaks Turkish, German, and English. And he said afterwards when we have Q&A, he'll take questions in any language you choose. <laughs> so ne next we have Daryl Crawl. Daryl is a chief operating officer of the PGA of America. He is responsible for all day-to-day -day operations at PGA headquarters. Most notably, he was responsible for bringing the PGA headquarters to, Dallas, to Frisco. I'm sorry, to Frisco. That'll open here in 2022. Prior to joining the PGA, he spent 18 years as the executive director of the North, Northern Texas PGA section. He was, a, he was captain of the Duke golf team. So thank you, Daryl, for being here. Next, next, we have Clay Roby. Clay is a partner with Stillwater Capital. Previous to that, he was in the development acquisition of more than $5 billion worth of properties. And before Stillwater, he was director of development at Woodbine Development Company. He received his degree from Texas A&M. <laughs> okay. uh, Sean Fulham. Sean is senior vice president of Lincoln Property Company, and he started his career in the retail division of Lincoln in 1998. 
He currently serves as National Director of Leasing for all of Lincoln's retail platform, which is approximately 14 million square feet. They are a partner with Blue Star Land, Jerry Jones's land development company, on the gates of Prosper and some other properties in that area. A graduate of SMU. No whoops. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I think we're going to start with a video on each one of the properties, then we'll come back and ask some questions uh, to each one of our panelists. Okay, no video. No video. I think, Ray, I think, Ray, there is no video, but we're going to talk about the specific project, all right. uh, each of us. All right. So first of all, thank you for this wonderful introduction. It's a pleasure to be with Daryl and Clay and Sean. And good afternoon, everyone. Femi Karahan. So please forgive me my beautiful East Texas accent. You have to pay attention to get about the things. So before I talk about the fields development, so most of you know me as the developer of Legacy Town Center, Legacy West, and they've been great projects. I've been very fortunate uh, to be able to work uh, with great companies and, and, and the success that we all enjoyed uh, what Legacy has brought. So if any of you ask me a question about um, three years ago, uh, whether I will do another project after Legacy West, I would have said, Ray, you know what, I won the Super Bowl, or maybe the Masters uh, a few times at Legacy West. No, I won't. But till it came to that uh, a good friend of mine, Chris Kleinart, who's the CEO and who's here uh, this afternoon with us, uh, came to me and said, Femi, there's these 2,500 acres. We're interested. What are you thinking? So, um, and, and that conversation led into what we are. Not only I said, I will be, you know, you should buy this property, but I'll be happy to involve. And what attracted to me that not only incredible partners, but the location, uh, the growth that has taken place in northern suburbs. I've been in Dallas, Texas now over 40 years, and I've seen Galleria area to grow and then continue to uh, Beltline and Edison and further to uh, Toll Road and 121 Legacy area. And I feel the next growth is certainly a 380 and Tollway corridor. And I won't be surprised that that becomes a corner like 121 and Tollway. So we'll talk about that. And, and then uh, the, the thing that is happening, the Colon County, uh, has been the fastest growing county in the last two decades. And it's going to have about 3 million people. Uh, in the next 20 years. And I mean, you look at the other cities, neighboring Frisco, Prosper, uh, Salina, uh, further, Gunter, and other communities, uh, you're going to have millions of people living in that area. So uh, with that, this piece of property is right, it's the kind of donut hole in the middle, uh, and then uh, blended with great city leadership and what Frisco has been able to do last 10 years or so, um, that it was a certainly a very attractive property. So that what we did, obviously in this property, we'll talk furthermore, but with PGA of America's commitment uh, on the northern portion of our property, and then on the east side, UNTA, City of Frisco, again invested very wisely in the growth of UNT. And so we have that. So our, Goal has been how do we merge the east side of the property with the UNT campus as well as PGA and Omni Hotel and what Clay and uh, TRT team is doing. So uh, that has been the planning. And last night we had a unanimous vote of city planning zoning commission of our approval of the uh, development. And we're very much looking forward to um, start our development. Um, and I don't know the timing-wise. Uh, we still have few hours, or is it, uh, is it good enough to start? That's good enough to stop. OK. Right. <laughs> so good afternoon, everyone. Uh, no love for a Blue Devil, but a love for an Aggie. I guess that goes with the territory here in Texas. But it's nice to be with you. 
Uh, building just briefly on Femi's comments, the PG of America took its first look at Northern Texas and specifically Frisco from a very selfish and frankly a very narrow vision. We wanted to bring championship golf back to this region. We felt like the fertile soil economically and support-wise would be there. And frankly, due to what Frisco has evolved into and based upon the opportunity to not only marry with them, the state of Texas, and the amazing partnerships that we've developed, our initial vision turned into a pretty significant dream. The 660 acres that Clay will talk about here in a minute, from our standpoint, we focus on the golf courses, which I'll show you a couple of updated pictures in just a second, but also our headquarters. Uh, we decided to bring our global headquarters to Frisco, not for incentives, while that's nice, um, not because of our championships, which certainly are vital, but because of the strategic opportunity that existed in this market to be bigger and better in every way as we look at the last 100 years of our organization and what we accomplished, and we are dreaming big about what the next 100 years will accommodate. So this building and the images that will follow really showcase a significant commitment from us to our PGA professionals, the 30,000 women and men that wake up every day and run the business of golf, whether it be as executives, golf operators, or coaches and teachers, they will all be trained here out of this building. We will have an interactive studio where we will provide content to the golf world, not only teaching our teachers how to teach you and me and others, but also providing content on a global scale. And when we have championships, have a live from experience like you might see from Augusta National here in a month or so with, uh, with Golf Channel. Um, also, we are certainly gonna be home to our team as we evolve in the market and provide services, not just for our golf professionals, but for global audiences that will come when we bring our championships. And some would say we've literally lost our mind to make a commitment on championships. And we're gonna show you a couple of golf holes that are being developed. We've committed 23 championships to a site that was frankly a cattle ranch uh, until about July. So thankfully with the genius of architects, Gil Hans, Bo Welling, the incredible economic commitment from our Omni Stillwater Woods partners, along with the city of Frisco, we are turning a cattle ranch into a real golf mecca. We think it will be the future home for American golf as we aggregate everything that's truly great about the game and deliver it here in a very public, very welcoming and inclusive environment. And while we will host the best players in the world, women, men, seniors, juniors, club professionals, on a day-to-day -day basis, this is a golf property for you and specifically for the citizens of Frisco. And whether you play golf or not, we think this is gonna be an amazing backyard amenity where you can see the beautiful 660 acres, the rolling terrain, a roughly 100 feet of a topography change in beautiful Panther Creek that rolls through. So we are excited about where we are. And as you can see from the golf course images, it's very real and it better be because we have our first championship in the spring of 23. So uh, a couple of years down the road. So thanks for the opportunity to be here. All right, Clay. Thanks, Daryl. Thanks, Ray. Um, so just kind of leading off of what Daryl was speaking about, obviously PGA Frisco, as we call it, is I believe up on the screen here today, um, just under 700 acres. Uh, it's a phenomenal golf project, no doubt. Um, we're very thankful for Daryl and his team at the PGA of America for choosing the site. Um, to, to, to relocate their headquarters and to host their championships. We have a number of things happening on the property in addition to golf and headquarters. Um, so I'll kind of flip forward one slide and I'll show you just kind of briefly a couple of things that we're doing here. Um, first, let me start down at the bottom. No project this large happens with a single group for sure. Um, so we've got phenomenal partners here in the project. Omni Hotels and Resorts is uh, our co-development partner and the operator of the hotel. Uh, the PGA of America, clearly with what you do and what you bring to the side and to the region is phenomenal. For those of you that haven't had the privilege of hearing Daryl speak up until now, you know, they view what they do as a lot more than facilitating the game of golf. I learned a whole lot working with them over the last couple of years to ensure that this transition to North Texas was helpful. One of the phrases that Daryl mentioned often, which I found very interesting, was that they wanted the game to look more like the world and the world to look more like the game. And I think part of what they bring to North Texas, to Frisco specifically in the 380 corridor, but frankly to the whole region, is that mentality about how to treat people and kind of a, a higher purpose, so to speak. So very grateful, Daryl, for you um, and for everything you're working on on this project. Obviously, Frisco was a phenomenal partner and continues to be so. We're lucky today to have Ron Patterson 
from the EDC and Mayor Cheney here. Um, if you have anything interesting that you're working on in this market and you haven't talked to them about it, I highly recommend it. Working a project like this with multiple parties um, and through a certain lens competing interests and getting them all to come together to make this happen, um, it's impossible for me to imagine it happening in any other market other than Frisco. So thank you guys for, for all your work and your service. Um, and then Stillwater Capital, our company. Uh, so talking specifically about the project, as Daryl mentioned, there's two 18-hole golf courses, one of which is uh, being uh, specifically designed to host these major golf events. So the infrastructure, the grandstands, the utility planning, concessions, restrooms are all custom designed to facilitate um, a great experience for people that, that come just for a major golf event. Adjacent to the PGA headquarters and the training facility is a retail village. Uh, we've been collaborating uh, from our earliest conversations about this piece. The idea is enhance people's ability to touch the game. So if, if grabbing a golf club and getting up to, you know, uh, uh, you know, the first tee box in a golf course is something you've never done before, what the PGA of America is looking to do is increase access for people to actually play the game. So that retail village will do that. Uh, there's a clubhouse, a 500-room convention center hotel with 130,000 feet of meeting space. So that's the PGA Frisco project. It's a phenomenal growth engine for this corridor. Adjacent to that property, when we were, when Stillwater was assembling the land for PGA Frisco, we didn't know exactly how big it was gonna be or what land was gonna be required. Uh, so we had great partnership with Fields um, and, and they were generous enough to sell us the vast majority of the project came from Fields property. Um, we had a little bit of land that we worked with the city of Frisco on. They were phenomenal in that regard. And then we ended up buying about 230 acres east of the project, as you can see there, kind of over, it's adjacent to the resort overlooking the back nine of the championship golf course, uh, which we're now master planning. Um, uh, David Fogel with DSF Capitals is our partner in that. Stream Realty, who's here back in the back today, is our, we just brought them on board as our leasing company. So if you wanna flip to that slide real quick. This is kind of an initial look, obviously, of, of what we're hoping to do there. Um, the idea is to kind of extend the feel of the resort and the feel of the PGA of America into a very pedestrian-friendly, mixed-use environment um, that's very heavy on commercial. So office, retail, restaurants, all those things will be a part of that project. So um, I think everyone's aware it's kind of the reason for the discussion today. Um, when you drive to this part of Frisco today, you know, you kind of get past the bulk of Frisco into where the Fields Estate starts and you kind of don't know, you don't really know what's going on. It's hard to picture, uh, but the quality and scale of development up here is phenomenal. So if you're not looking at it, you certainly should. It's a pretty exciting place to be. Thanks, Clay. That's great. <clears throat> um, and thanks to the panelists for, for letting me join you guys today. Uh, so Gates of Prosper is a little bit of a, a different vision than what we've been talking about. Um, it started really with the foresight of the Jones family and, and Blue Star Land of assembling, uh, you know, the majority of, of 615 acres on the Prosper side of 380 at Preston 380. Um, that began in 1999. So, for perspective, you think back to Preston 121 in 1999, you know, Stonebriar Center and the, the mall, the adjacent retail, um, much of what legacy is today, none of that existed. So um, the idea that, that we would be 10 miles north of Preston 121 is, is a little bit foreign. Um, and, and again, the foresight of that family to come in and assemble that land um, allowed them to, to really lead the charge and be the tip of the spear on, on you know, future development for the corridor. Uh, around 2007, 2008, they completed the assemblage of an additional 200 acres on the southeast and southwest corners of Preston 380. So that makes them the sole owner of land both on Prosper, uh, the Prosper side and on the Frisco side. So again, a lot of optionality there to control the development flow and the continuity of development for, for uh, today and the future years. Um, when we partnered or began our partnership uh, with Blue Star Land in around 2007, it was really with their vision along with the Town of Prosper's vision for a public-private partnership. Um, and I certainly state that because I know all of us up here today realize that without those public partners, these developments are unlikely to happen, especially at the scale of which we're, we're trying to put together and, and to, to, you know, to deliver to the marketplace. Um, our first go at it uh, was, was perfect timing. We started marketing to tenants in 2008, 2009. So um, the, the tractionless 
uh, flow of information at that point was pretty tough with the retail community. Um, coming out of, of that time frame in 2012, the conversation we'd have with tenants as it related to Preston 380, but also just the Tollway uh, 380 corridor was always not an if, but a when. They knew they'd be here. It wasn't a matter of, do we want to do a store? It was a matter of, please deliver the rooftops and, and continue that growth. And this is something we know we'll want to be a part of. So we, we gained, again, initial traction in, in 2014. Uh, we were able to deliver our first 800,000 square feet of retail at the northeast corner uh, of the intersection, um, anchored by a lot of traditional retail uses, Walmart, um, Ross, TJ, PetSmart, uh, you know, Dick's Field and Stream, some great restaurants. But really, for what we do in the retail uh, industry, it's that product that leads what then comes, you know, in the future. So um, we needed that to be successful, all those up here on the, the panel, um, to prove up the corridor for additional growth. The sales that we experienced in uh, 2016 when we opened really drove the conversation to future phases. So we're, we're currently under construction on another 250,000 square feet, uh, which equates to the northwest quadrant of that intersection. And we'll deliver that product to tenants this summer and have them open for back to school. So we're really excited about that. That'll take us to approximately uh, a million two of uh, open retail with another 225,000 square feet in pre-development for a third phase. Um, so, you know, as I mentioned, it's 615 acres when you've, you've only chewed up about 250 to 300, that leaves, again, a lot of optionality for the development going forward. Um, through our 380 agreement with the town of Prosper, we've got entitlements for 600 apartment units. Um, we'll break ground on our first 300 of those later this year to deliver late 21. So excited to be uh, beginning that multifamily phase, residential phase of a horizontal mixed use project. And then we'll march into what we believe, if we could go back to the master plan. Thank you. Um, so a town center product that would be on the north side. Um, you know, the spacing works very well to Stonebrier Center and the success uh, of Preston 121 on the Plano uh, Frisco border. So very excited to have those conversations. I'm very excited to be starting uh, additional office uh, development on the site. And um, uh, obviously very excited to be uh, a part of what's happening in the corridor. Great, well thank you, that's gr great oversight. Clay, question for you. you, you've each talked about your specific projects, can you give everyone in the room kind of an overview of some other major things happening, because Stillwater is so active up and down 380, like the different hospitals and things coming out there. Just yeah, absolutely, and everyone feel free to, to chime in here a little bit. I mean. When we first started looking at sites for the PGA of America and trying to determine a, an appropriate place for the game of golf, we knew that we needed great golf land. We also knew for the economics to work, we needed a mixed use environment to support not only the vision for the project, um, but the kind of you know, diversified experience people are looking for today. And so we needed to validate a business plan where hotels, office space, retail, and other things could survive. And when you first drive up, as I mentioned earlier, into this part of town, you know, very quickly, if you're not familiar with what's happening, you might be unsure about whether or not that would work. I think our first site visit was probably in that camp. Um, but, you know, when I you think feel it was the 500 cows that were in the way. <laughs> yeah. Point, so. Cows were nice. Um, but when you look at aerials like this and you see what's happening in the neighborhood, one of the things that, that gave Stillwater Capital, I don't want to speak for Daryl, but I presume the PGA of America, the city of Frisco confidence to make some of these things happen is the quality of development partners that are in the region. FEMI and the Hunt family certainly no exception to that, Lincoln and Blue Star. Um, there are large established groups here that are making smart decisions with their property. And uh, in our opinion, what you see when that happens is a rising tide that lifts all boats. So nobody is building an unnecessary amount of speculative space. What they're doing is filling what I would consider to be pent up demand. I think the city of Frisco would probably agree with that. And so um, up and down 70, excuse me, uh, the tollway is kind of the main north-south arterial. Um, the con development continues to fill out with every product type imaginable. One of the things that's expanding and accelerating that development is an extension of the tollway from 380 north. I believe it's funded for another six or seven miles or so, and which is the north-south. And then 380, the east-west corridor, is also being funded for expansion. And so what you will see when you drive by the intersection of 380 and the tollway in the future is something more of what you see in place today 
at 121 in the tollway, you know, with the flyovers and the multi-level overpasses. And the reason you can justify infrastructure expenses like that, uh, they're not inexpensive, is because the amount of development and economic activity that's happening. So we see a robust market there, at least from Stillwater's perspective, for really any product type imaginable. The, the household income, the diversity of population, uh, the corporate relocations and job growth are all phenomenal in this part of town. Okay, and let's talk for a second about timing, because we hear a lot of things. I know you've got a 20, 20 year project, but maybe you could mention when you think your first phases will come online and what those will look like, what product type and Sure. Uh, if you can put the master plan or fields. There we go. Oops. So uh, you see the master plan that really encompasses also the, uh, the land that we sold, TRT in uh, Stillwater, that includes PGA to uh, golf, part, uh, uh, golf courses. So starting from that end, uh, what we didn't talk about, incredible topography of this property. That was one of the reasons that also PGA was attracted. So unlike in other part of the Dallas, uh, this property is incredible hills and beautiful creeks and all of those things. And, and so that uh, obviously that leads into uh, beautiful residential developments. And, and we work with city uh, leadership uh, on the, our planning that it will include multiple residential components. So I proudly can share this information as public that last night we uh, got approval of 5,000 residential units, uh, that single family or multifamily. Uh, and in addition, we have 8,500 multifamily, which will be an earnout, and then also student housing for uh, UNT. Uh, so the I'm going to answer the question of timing, uh, and, and certainly this is a diversified product uh, from estate lots to missing middle uh, properties. So we see our development uh, integrating all these components. So obviously there will be a huge corporate uh, type of environment. Our goal will be able to attract, I promise, Mayor Cheney that will bring a Fortune 50 company to Fields in Frisco. We're gonna work on that. Uh, my mission is to find the next Toyota for Frisco. Uh, but we could accommodate mixed-use project like Legacy West. Uh, if somebody wants to five, 10 acres, uh, build a high-rise building, we have that. And then we also have ability to do, do uh, a, another Toyota 100 acres, 80 acres kind of development. So the timing of the project, uh, there is a lot going on. We have to build interior roads to accommodate the 2023 PGA Championships, so Legacy Drive, Fields, uh, Parkway. There's a number of roadways needs to be built. Um, so. Uh, the, we are hoping that you know, we can start our residential developments in the next two, three years and then build on top of it. And I also said that if we catch the big fish, let's say another uh, big company, uh, we could provide that immediately on our property around the uh, tollway corridor. So, uh, now, you'd mentioned the first tournament in 2022? 23. 23. Are you, will you have facilities open before then? And kind of what's the phasing of the different, not, not the Omni Hotel, but the, just the PGA facilities? Well, I don't sleep well at night worrying about this, but yes, we will absolutely be open, right? <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> um, as long as it doesn't rain between now and then. Well, we've been dealing with rain. And on uh, cool days like this, it reminds me what a wonderful place tropical South Florida is to live. But we'll talk about why we're not going to stay there in a minute. But from a timing standpoint, we are very much on time. And thanks to the leadership of our partners, specifically uh, TRT and Omni, who are overseeing the construction, we are very confident that we'll be open the entire campus, 660 acres and all that Clay alluded to uh, are mentioned by, uh, by the spring of 22. So we will be ready to go with all of our services and our support, including our headquarters. So. And that includes Omni, you said? The Omni, the, the 500 Key Hotel, the Resort Convention Center, the golf villas, the clubhouse, the retail experiential center, golf courses, yeah, it's 46 fully, holes. Just to touch on it, I mean, the, the project's fully capitalized under construction. So if you go there today, you will see the routing for the golf courses in place. 
Um, you can actually make your way and kind of visualize where some of the holes are. Most of them are a lot farther than I remember, <laughs> but I guess that's the trend in golf today. Um, but the, the hotel, the retail village, the clubhouse, the golf courses, everything's intended to open at the same time. You know, the nature of the mixed-use project we have across the street, which we call the link, Femi's project, certainly, which you guys are working on, those are multi-phased overtime projects. You know, our partnership with Omni Hotels, I think we kind of sat at the table early on in the process and came to the conclusion that for this particular pro- project, it should all open at the same time. So you'll be, you'll, you'll, you know, the, the headquarters is maybe going to have a slightly different schedule, but it's generally along the same time. But the retail buildings, the clubhouses, um, the hotel, the meeting space will all open at the same time. Um, targeted kind of spring, early summer of 22. And when we talk about a 23 championship, uh, we're talking about a global audience. Over 200 countries watch our championships and anywhere between 25 and 60,000 people a day come to visit. So we wanted to, as a team, make sure we had a completely finished product not just upon arrival and to enjoy the amenities, but the blimp overhead, we want to show them a complete project as well. So the pressure's on, but we feel confident that we'll get there. Okay, Sean, how about your next phase? Uh, again, you know, if you haven't been up there in a while, as, as Clay mentioned, you know, you should. Um, we've got the, the first 800 open, and we'll have a million open here by the end of the year. Um, it, it jumps out at you when you, you haven't been up there in a while. And the other thing that I, I think is just critical um, for our success, our collective success, has been uh, the infrastructure that Clay touched on. Um, if you think back to, to Preston uh, 121, Plano, Frisco, um, from you know 2000 to 2012, it really was a roadwork project. And, and a lot of the, the uh, surrounding retail and office suffered. Um, Frisco and Prosper through TxDOT had a lot of foresight in delivering today at Preston and, and um, 380, it's the exact same infrastructure package and overlay that you see at Preston 121. So the, it's helping our tenants, it's helping the, the next phase of our development. And certainly I think the extension of the tollway is gonna make a huge difference as well. Uh, but right to answer on a, a next phase, um, we're really patient. We see the world of, of retail and mixed use changing a lot. It's really fluid. Um, so we spent a lot of time studying that. We, we want to be um, best in class at, at what we deliver for our clients and, and for the community. Um, you know, best guess, I think, on a town center, if the market will hold for all of us, which I know we're, we're fingers crossed on, um, would be 2024, 2025. Thank you. Daryl, it's always interesting to open the newspaper in the morning and read a new corporate headquarters has moved to Dallas and the little intrigue behind all that. Do you have a little backstory you could give us on the PGA? You told us earlier on sure. kind of some of the reasons why, but how about something you've never told anybody? Sure. Well, I'm not sure if there's anything I haven't told anyone. Uh, Femi Clay and I have done this a few times together. But I would say um, when you have a 100-year-old organization that's very conservative and has a beautiful subtropical residence and the beach nearby, it's hard to say you're going to leave. But when we looked at the next 100 years, Our goal was to find a way to be the best we could be as an organization. So we did an RFP and wondered if anyone was interested. And lo and behold, 212 cities said, we'd love to have you consider us for your headquarters. We narrowed that pretty quickly based upon a lot of variables to South Florida, Charlotte, Atlanta, Phoenix, Scottsdale, and Frisco. And it really wasn't a fair fight not just because I lived here once upon a time, but because of what this community in mass has to offer. We talk about a diverse, younger, highly educated workforce, center of the country, transportation um, through the air, anywhere on the globe. We also talk about a can-do business environment of all the wonderful places we visited and all the amazing pitches that we had. What Frisco has achieved from an entrepreneurial, innovative, and progressive standpoint is really unprecedented. That also represents the greater market of Dallas-Fort Worth and the state of Texas. This is a place where businesses come to win, not where businesses come to get punched in the nose. And while it's competitive, as you all might know in your line of work, there's plenty of room for everyone to succeed. And that attitude, that philosophy is very apparent. And when the Jones family calls or Chris Kleinert welcomes a, a long conversation about why this is a great market, Femi Carahan and others say, here's why this market makes sense. And then finally, uh, when Randall Stevenson invited us to share a meal with 30 CEOs from the top companies in the region, and they all leaned in and said, here's why this is a great place to live, work, play, and have your future 100 years, it's pretty hard to say no. So we clearly said yes for a variety of reasons, 
but the business climate and the opportunity for us to be in a great place for our team, not only to live, work, and play, uh, but also to thrive, really is the paramount reason why we said yes. As, as you look at, for all of you, at all these incredible projects going on and the, the amount of construction going on there, what infrastructure issues concern you the most on being able to keep up with the growth that you're trying to do? You had mentioned earlier, I remember when 121 and Preston came along, I mean, no one was prepared for what was gonna go on there, but what lessons learned from that could we look forward to going forward and, and what concerns do each one of you have to be able to open your projects on time? I think for, for me, again, we're spoiled. I mean, ours is done. Our package for that particular project is done. I know um, Blue Star has close to 3,000 acres across Prosper. I mean, at any given time, they've, they've worked on up there. So Star Trail, a large uh, residential community that's in the works, needs that tollway extension north, right? I think, um, and I'm sure we, we would all agree, the forward progress on infrastructure is what drives these developments. When you look at at Tollway 380, um, you know, you look at uh, 380, 423, those infrastructure packages are, are what helps our tenants be um, creatively successful uh, and puts us in a position to help them succeed. If they're not succeeding, then it's tough to pitch that next guy. Ray, uh, you know, from my perspective, I echo Daryl, we're all, all of us are extremely lucky to be in North Texas. And, you know, we don't have the mountains and ocean, but we have that make it happen attitude. And, and that really goes uh, behind, you know, business leaders, but it is the community leaders, elected officials, and what's happening there. And as you know, the 380 is being designed and text that is purchasing the right of ways and next, uh, 12 to 24 months, uh, they will complete the purchasing right-of-ways and we think that 380 will be built in between four or five years and will be major highway and it will open the uh, further growth. On the other hand, uh, DNT, North Texas Toll Authority is working with these cities to expand that. Uh, we've been in meetings, with, again, great leadership that they already agreed to uh, accommodate the Fields Parkway on toll road, so there will be that. Uh, we're working with city official actually with the naming certain roads, PGA Parkway, and that's hopefully is gonna happen. And we're proud of that. So there is a lot of willingness from the public, uh, private leadership to support this growth and add the infrastructure. So it's very much happening. Okay. Any other insight? I would only add that we certainly, uh, as an acute partner in the market, are concerned about how we move 100 to 300,000 people around North Texas, specifically Frisco, when our championships are in town, not only for the benefit of those that are paying to come and enjoy our championships, but we want to make sure that the citizens and those who live in market that, for whatever reason, don't choose to come to our championships, and that's okay, that you have a pleasant experience. You're not stuck in hours of traffic waiting for us to move people around from players to media to our patrons. So we want it to be uh, a seamless experience and really echo what's been said earlier, the public-private partnerships that exist to be thoughtful about the issues that we have today, but also looking ahead 8, 10, 12, 15 years about how we can prevent issues from occurring in the future. And there's a multitude of options and opportunities and we're just thankful to have a seat at the table and have really smart, committed people to make sure that our assets um, from a championship standpoint will be taken care of, but more importantly, that the citizens have a pleasant experience whether they're attending or not. Okay, Femi, you've got, uh, you said you're coming on, you just got approval last time for 5,000 single family, correct? And, and possibly 8,500 multifamily, 1,000 plus student housing. So you're gonna be busy. Little bit. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about University of North Texas opening a campus there? Is that on your property or next door? To no, it is next door to us, and it, I, uh, it, uh, City of Frisco owned the land, and again, they saw the opportunity to uh, attract a university, City of Frisco, and North Texas uh, really growing, and they project that they could one day uh, 
uh, over uh, exceed the capacity they have in Denton. They see that's where the growth is going to take place. And their goal is to open in 2023, at a similar time. And then obviously they're hoping that campus will grow eventually to 10, 15, even 20,000 students. Uh, so that with that, we, our land plan reflects to create a university village around that, uh, which will have the student housing as well as the uh, retail that you see like in Snyder Plaza with boutique things that accommodate the same kind of environment. So, and, and what we're also working uh, vigorously to uh, make these each end come together. And that's gonna be challenging, but there are a lot of things that happening. So I'll be happy to talk if you want to. Yeah, well, that's an important thing out there that I think we've seen in land planning from the years the city's grown north is the connectivity and just not having big parkways between sections of development. How, how are all of you working together on the connectivity between all so someone can ride a bike or do or, you know, more connected into the overall environment out there? Are you, are you working on that together? I'll, I'll start from our end. First of all, again, is, uh, you know, now I'm promoting city of Frisco, but uh, it's not without reason that city of Frisco chosen the best city to live, best city to make money, and a lot of things, the best city, the quality of things. So there's a lot. It, there's a big emphasis on the city leadership, uh, the connectivity. They have enormous park systems, trail systems. They are the first city to do the Uber flight, I think, in Texas they are offering. So that we're working with all of us together with the city leadership to create that connectivity from our perspective. Uh, we have these creeks, the Panther Creek running, so there will be water canals, jogging trails, bike trails, and, and then also under the tollway at Panther Creek, we have underpass that we're planning to bring people, pedestrian and bike and connected. And certainly everything we've done with uh, PGA and Stillwater and the TRT, how do we connect the PGA experience, the, all of the residential and corporations, that. And, and you know, just the add on top of it that, you know, the, the, co the company's demand that dictates. So if we're gonna attract these kind of corporations, they want the type of environment that offers healthy and connected places, so. Well, you proved that at Legacy West with the way you connected in, you know, with the whole neighborhood there. Clay, how about? Yeah, I, I would just echo what Femi has said. I mean, when we first started designing the, what I'll call the built environment with the PGA of America and the, where the hotel and retail and, and, and clubhouse spaces were, you know, we wanted a, a resort style feel. We don't have oceans, we don't have mountains, but we had a beautiful golf course and some great rolling topography, kind of hill country-like topography. And so what do you do with that? And so we, we designed a pedestrian promenade that runs through the kind of fullness of the property, starts at the PGA headquarters, runs all the way in front of every asset that we're building, and then ties into the city's hike and bike trail and circum, you know, kind of circumnavigates the entire property. And, and when you work on something like that, you get excited for the experience you're gonna be able to deliver to golfers, you know, people staying in the hotel, visitors for the site. It's just a phenomenal experience. It makes it feel like you're in a resort destination, which is hard to do in North Texas. Um, kudos again, though, to City of Frisco. Once you once you found that idea and that opportunity, the question quickly becomes, how do we expand upon that? And so the city's been very collaborative. The PGA of America, uh, FEMI and the Hunt team, um, and expanding that network into the adjacent properties. So the, the intent being, you never really leave the resort in a sense. You can take that same pedestrian trail over into our 230 acre development, and you might not be right on the golf course or in the hotel, but you're literally right adjacent to it, looking right over for it. So it kind of expands that feeling. Um, and then we took it even further to study micromobility, which is what we call it. It's kind of a fancy um, word that the city of Frisco is focused on today. And so that's other things besides walking, you know, riding bikes, taking golf cars, electric vehicles and scooters. I think we're all familiar with what happens when you throw those elements into an urban environment that wasn't designed for those. It can be a bit chaotic, um, but it is a trend and people enjoy those mobility means more than ever. And so how do you look forward into how people are gonna likely wanna get around these neighborhoods in the future and integrate that infrastructure into the plan? So the city's planning departments, uh, the commercial development teams, PG of America, everybody's been very supportive of that. And when they're when they're all leaning in to make that happen, 
a network that wouldn't make any sense on just one property makes a whole lot of sense if everybody's doing it together. If I could add just one sure. thing, when we were envisioning, dreaming, if you will, what PGA Frisco could look like is the prospected uh, modern home for American golf. We really went back to where the game has its roots, and that's uh, St. Andrews, Scotland. And we looked at what they did well and, frankly, what they didn't do well. And for those of you who've been there or know a little bit about golf, St. Andrews is at the center of the city. They did that right. St. Andrews is a place where you can walk your dog, push a stroller, even have a picnic, believe it or not. They did that right. What they did wrong was they built a wall around the golf course. What they did wrong was they said, if you're not a white male, you can't play there, historically speaking. They were not inclusive. They were not welcoming. They were very, very elite. Those were mistakes that were made, in our opinion, that we will, of course, not replicate. We will aggregate all that's great about St. Andrews and all the golf properties around the world and make sure that, if anything, PJ Frisco is a place where you can have a picnic walk your dog, push a stroller, also play golf, regardless of age, race, gender, demographics. We want this to be a place that is the most inclusive golf experience on the planet. And those are words that are easy to say, but it's really not that hard to do if you're very intentional with your partners and with your commitment to doing the right thing. And as Clay said earlier, if we have any chance for golf to thrive into the next 100 years, it has to be something that truly does look like America. And we are so much more diverse than we've ever been as a game. Almost 40 million people are connected to the sport one way or the other. We wanna make sure that our property sets a shiny example, philosophically and operationally, that everyone is welcome here. Even if you don't play golf, we want this to be, as I said earlier, a beautiful 660 acre green space that you can enjoy over a cup of coffee, some ice cream, a beverage or two, and if you want to play golf, want to get engaged, we'll have a pathway for you no matter where you are at the age and stage of your life. Okay, we just have a couple minutes left. Is there anything we didn't cover today that one of you would like to uh, to bring up or? or... I would nope. say we're open for business. If you have any corporate business, come on, see you're us. Looking, you're looking for that, that Fortune 400 or Fortune 50. Uh, Fortune 50, right. Fortune 50 to come uh, You'll in. do that in the Washington for us. That's right. That's right. Okay, well, I want to thank all the pants for being here today. And then uh, Linda McMahon, the president of the Real Estate Council, will come up and give some closing remarks. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Ray, and thank you, gentlemen. Uh, as usual, a phenomenal program and great information. Uh, I'm going to show my age. I remember the last time I really drove 380, and that was just to get to Tioga for Clark's Barbecue. So I'm super excited to see what's happening there, especially about the PGA, which is very exciting for us. Um, I also want to reiterate that this is the 30th anniversary of the Real Estate Council. And 30 years ago, our founders, who are still engaged today, set out a vision of the next generation and what to do with leadership development, what we do in public policy that impacts our industry, and also what we do in our community through community investment. So I'm super excited about our celebrating our 30th anniversary this year. And we'll like the theme for Fight Night. This year's theme is our next generation. And I'm so happy to look around the room and see so many young professionals who have not only been active in our organization since they started in their careers here, but continued the legacy of what was created many years ago. And a lot of you have parents who have been in the business, and that's very exciting as well. So thank you for all of that. You're going to hear a lot more about that as, as we go along. Um, I'd like to thank Ray, our panelists again. Tremendous program. And I also want to thank our sponsors, Stuart Title, Bank of Texas, the Dallas Morning News, Davidson Bogle, Real Estate, and Frisco EDC. We're super excited to have you here. We're going to get together on April 23rd to celebrate Fight Night and raise some money for our foundation. So we hope to see you there and have a great day. Thanks. That's it for us today. I'd like to again thank our panelists and sponsors for their participation and support of Speaker Series. Don't forget to subscribe to TrekCast, follow Trek on social media, and let us know what you'd like to learn more about in future episodes. Once again, I'm Bill San Antonio. Thanks for listening.